Let's pray, shall we? Father, we thank you for your goodness. We thank you for your love towards us, that while we were sinners, Jesus, you died for us. And this morning we ask that you just open our hearts to your word. We thank you that it's a lamp to our feet, it's a light to our path. And God, we ask that you would just speak to us through it now, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Let's get up those slides behind me. And go straight to the first scripture, Jeremiah 29, 11. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a future and a hope. And then in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, it says, No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him, but God has revealed it to us by His Spirit. Why don't you just turn to the person next year and say, God's got great things for your life. You know, whatever your life is like now, our Bible tells us that God has more than we can ever imagine, much more than we are currently experiencing. No matter how good or how bad your life is at the moment, when you surrender your life to Jesus Christ, He gives us more and sets our eternal future up for us to be blessed and for us to be a blessing. And God reveals His plans to us by His Holy Spirit. Now, the Spirit of God speaks to His people through His still, small voice. How many people have heard the still, small voice of God speaking to them? about the things that are yet to come. And he speaks to us through his word. But the prophet Joel tells us that in these days, he also speaks to us through prophecy, dreams, and visions. Joel 2.28 says, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your old men will dream dreams. How many old men are there here besides me? Yep. Dream dreams, and your young man will see a vision. You see, God needs His people and His church to go to another level in Him. Amen? He needs us to live beyond our own abilities. If we're going to reach Kaitaia, if we're going to reach our neighborhoods, if we're going to see transformation, if we're going to see the power of God come into this place, then He needs us to go to another level in Him. When God took Abraham up a mountain and told him that he was going to give him every place that his foot would set down on to the north and the south and the east and the west, he was setting up a vision, he was setting up a dream in Abraham's heart. He was sowing seeds in Abraham's heart so that when they were watered by the Holy Spirit, they would grow. Every one of us needs a dream and every one of us needs a vision. So if I was to ask you today, how's your dream barometer? How is the level of your dreaming in God? What would you say? If, if 10, if we put a scale out this morning and I said, number 10 is you have a burning, unquenchable, God-given dream that impacts every aspect of your life. And then at the other end, zero is you got no dream at all. Where would you be on that scale? Where would you be on that scale? 
you know, five and six is sort of like lukewarm, isn't it? Dreams are the future you'll walk into. The pathways to God-given dreams are the pathways that God will bless. And every one of us needs fresh dreams in God. You know, in the 1940s, a young college Christian and some friends gathered together and dreamed of filling stadiums all over the world, presenting the gospel to the unsaved. And as they built on that God-given dream, over 250 million people heard Billy Graham preach the gospel in person, and over one billion people heard Billy Graham via TV and radio. All started with a dream. In 1947, the principal of a Roman Catholic high school in Calcutta was so moved by the presence of the sick and the dying in the city streets that in 1948, she left her post as the principal of that covenant and began a ministry among the sick. And her vision, her dream was to enable people who were dying in the streets to die with someone caring for them. Not a big dream, you might say, but it had a huge, huge impact. And I've been past uh, her work on the streets of Calcutta, and it's absolutely amazing. She wanted to make a difference one person at a time. So in 1952, Mother Teresa opened the Pure Heart Home for Dying, Destitutes in Calcutta. And subsequently, she extended that work to five continents. And in recognition of her efforts, they gave her the Nobel Peace Prize in 1979. When we talk about dreams and visions, many of us will recall August 28, 1963, when a black preacher stood on the steps of the Lincoln Memorial in Washington and gave an address that absolutely stopped that nation of America. Martin Luther King Jr. said, I have a dream. It's a dream deeply rooted in the American dream that one day this nation will rise out and live out the true meaning of its creed, that all men are created equal. I have a dream, he said, that one day little black boys and little black girls will be able to join hands with little white boys and white girls as brothers and sisters. I have a dream that one day the glory of the Lord will be revealed and all flesh shall see it together. And I think there'll be a number of people uh, of our forefathers who have had that same dream for New Zealand. Wouldn't that be true? All heroes of the faith have one thing in common. They all have a dream. They all have vision. They have a passion for Jesus Christ and His plans. They all see that with God, they can make a difference. But often we look at these people who achieve these extraordinary things and we think, we could never be like that. God could never use me. So let me dispel that myth for you this morning and let me tell you about Robert Reed. He's another hero of the faith. He had a dream. After going overseas on five missions trips, God gave him the desire to become a missionary to Portugal. What's so amazing about that is that Robert's hands are twisted. His feet are useless. He can't bathe himself. He can't feed himself. He can't brush his teeth. He can't comb his hair. He can't put on his underwear. 
His shirts are held together by strips of Velcro. His speech drags like a worn-out cassette because Robert has got cerebral palsy. He can't drive a car, he can't ride a bike, he can't go for a walk, but he did graduate from high school and university. And in 1972, he moved to Lisbon alone. He rented a hotel room and began studying Portuguese. He found a restaurant owner who would feed him after the rush hour and a tutor who would teach him Portuguese. And then he stations himself each day in the park where he handed out tracts about Jesus. Within six years, that wheelchair-bound man had led 70 people to Jesus. He had a dream. I wonder, if how, I wonder how many people here have led more than 70 people to Jesus in the last six years. I don't think there'd be very many. He served in Portugal for 38 years and has seen hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of lives changed through his ministry. You see, with God, nothing is impossible. And we've been created by God not just to survive or not just to be a success, but we've been created by God to live lives of significance, impacting and making a difference in our communities and in our world. To have that eternal impact you have to allow God to dream his dreams through you. Helen Keller was once asked, is there anything worse than being blind? And she said, yes, having sight, but no vision. King Solomon wrote in Proverbs 29, verse 18, where there is no progressive vision, no ongoing vision, no revelation, the people perish. As we read, the prophet Joel prophesied it and the apostle Peter uh, in Acts chapter 2 confirmed it that in these last days there's going to be men and women arise who would be dreamers of dreams and visionaries. Men and women to whom God could reveal the plans and the purposes of God to them. Men and women possessed with such a sense of destiny and purpose that neither people nor situations or circumstances would destroy or prevent them from reaching their goal and fulfilling the dream that God had given them. We are living in those last days. We are the generation that Joel and Peter were speaking about. We are to be the people of focus and vision, and we are to be the ones who are dreamers of dreams. Dreams... And visions are birthed in the heavenlies by God. But they flow out of a relationship with Jesus Christ and are planted in our hearts by the Holy Spirit, most often during prayer. George Bernard Shaw said, There are some people who look at the way things are and ask why. And there are others who look at the way things could be and ask, why not? Jack Haynes, an Australian preacher, said, what makes a person extraordinary is the cause that they are living for. So I know the Holy Spirit wants to ask you this morning, what cause are you living for? 
If you are lacking vision this morning, realize that you can receive God's dreams, His plans and His purposes by and through an impartation of His Holy Spirit and by seeking God's face and putting Him first in your life. God says, seek me first and then all of the other things will be added. So often we come to God and we're asking for all the other things when God says, seek me first and then all the other things will be added. So it doesn't mean that we come to God all the time with a shopping list of things that we think that uh, need to be done. That's like putting, pulling God down to our level when what He wants to do is to lift us up to His level. He says, I have plans for you, but then you'll call upon me and come and pray to me. And I'll listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart. And I'll be found of you, declares the Lord. So we know that He's got plans. We know that He's got dreams. He's got know that He's got a purpose for our lives. But we get to receive that when we seek Him. Because He holds our dreams in His hands, as it were. Uh, Psalm 37 verse 4 says, Delight yourself in the Lord and He'll give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord, trust in Him and He will do this. It doesn't mean that if we delight ourselves in the Lord, we can ask anything that's on our heart and He'll do it. What it means is that when we delight ourselves in the Lord, He shares His heart with us and He places His heart's desire in our hearts so the things that we really want are the things that God actually wants for us. It's pretty simple. Just delight yourself in the Lord and see what He'll do and see what He'll place within your heart. Proverbs 21 verse 1 says, The king's heart is like channels of water in the hands of the Lord. He turns it wherever He wishes. Just imagine that your heart is in the hands of God. And God's got big hands, has the whole world in His hands. And just imagine that there is water in His hand. And He just turns the water. Turns his hand and the water flows one way. Turns his hand and the water flows another. That's the way that we are in the hands of the Lord when we have given our lives to him, when we have made him number one in our life, when we want to serve him, then he is able to just turn our hearts and cause us to go in a completely different direction. I remember in 1987, I was the technical executive of New Zealand Dairy. New Zealand Dairy is the largest cooperative dairy company in the world. And I had responsibility for the whole of the technical area. I had a fantastic job. I traveled the world a number of times. But, you know, my passion wasn't just for the things in the dairy company. My passion was for the things of God. And I was serving in my local church. I was an elder on the board of my local church. I was a life group leader. I was uh, at every meeting. And back in those days, if you didn't go to the prayer meeting, if you didn't go to the Sunday morning service and the Sunday evening service, uh, you were backslidden. You were completely backslidden. And uh, so my heart was totally for God. Uh, I had no desire to do anything but to just to serve God in whichever way uh, he wanted. And he was giving me influence. He was giving me influence amongst the executive of the dairy company, amongst the uh, people that served there. I remember one time that uh, 
I had a call from the factory manager at Tiamudu, and he said, hey, look, uh, Guy, who's, um, who was the chief engineer, uh, his son has just been hit by a car, and he's not very good, and he's in hospital. Have any of you have ever been inside a, um, a chief engineer's workshop in the dairy company? In those days, the walls used to be covered with wallpaper. Well, Playboys. Uh, and it wasn't a place that good little Christian boys might want to uh, spend a lot of time in. But uh, I'd got to know Guy, and I'd not got to know his, uh, his wife, and uh, I never preached the gospel at these guys. All I did was show them the love of Jesus. I remember going around to Guy's place, and he and his wife, were out, Sandra, were outside at a table, and I sat down with them, and I remember just putting my hand on Guy's shoulder and saying, Guy, can I pray for you? And he just burst out crying. So I just put my hand around them, began to pray, and uh, then I went up to the hospital, uh, visited his son, laid hands on his son, and just believed that God was going to do something really great. Uh, a few months later, I uh, left the dairy company, and I was in church one morning, and who should walk in but Guy and his wife and their son? And the boy was completely healed, and they said, we just wanted to show you what had happened after you prayed for us. And I was just so excited about that. God had given me influence where, where I was. Another time, I was at a Black Power funeral. One of the guys who had been one of my, in one of my life groups uh, was a member of um, Black Power, and uh, he was murdered by a mongrel mob member. Uh, he had his head smashed in when he was changing the tire on his car. And so I was asked to speak at the funeral. And I'd just spoken about the goodness of God and the love of God and how God can heal hurts. And I sat down, and for the first time, I heard the audible voice of God. And I don't know whether any of you have ever done that. I've only heard it twice. <clears throat> Normally when God speaks to me, He speaks to me as a still small voice within my heart. But this time, God spoke, and I heard Him say, how many more young men will die before you'll preach my word. Now, I didn't want to be a preacher. I was a biotechnologist. I was a technical executive of New Zealand Dairy. I was working in this direction. But then God knew that my heart was in his hands. And so if he wanted to change direction, it was pretty simple. He just turned. One minute, I'm planning my next overseas trip with the dairy company. Next minute, I'm talking to my wife about what God has said and about how I needed to leave my job and become a minister. <coughs> Excuse me. And so it happened. Six months later, I was uh, volunteering my time at the Hamilton Assembly of God Church, just serving the local church in a way which would be glorifying to Him. You see, the king's heart is like channels of water in the hands of the Lord. He turns it whichever way he wishes. When you delight yourself in the Lord, 
then he changes and he gives you the desires of your heart and he sets his dreams up within you. If you want your eyes open to divine possibilities, determine to put him first, pray, ask God to share his heart with you because God has created, he's called us to be his messengers right where we are. He wants to empower you and he wants to, to give you influence in your workplace, in your neighborhood, amongst your friends, amongst your family. You just have to be available and believe that God can use you and look for opportunities to bring Jesus' love, acceptance, and forgiveness to the people around about you. But they're often the greatest stumbling block to God's dreams coming to pass in our lives are not Satan. The greatest stumbling blocks are not the world system. The greatest stumbling blocks are often us. We just don't believe that God can use us to make a difference. We look at what we have and we think, we can't do it. I hope from this morning at least you'll remember Robert Reed in a wheelchair leading people to Jesus Christ. We have to believe that we're more than conquerors because Jesus said so. We've got to believe that we are precious. We're the head, not the tail that we have a future, that we are a royal race, a chosen priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God. We're the apple of his eye. We're his masterpiece. Do you know, (coughs) some of you would have seen pictures of Fort Knox in the United States. Fort Knox is a bland white building. It doesn't look great. It's not known for its fantastic architecture. Does anyone know what Fort Knox is known for? Gold. It holds the Federal Reserve gold. All of the government's gold in the United States is held in Fort Knox. So when people look at Fort Knox, they're not looking, they're not saying that this building is precious because of what's on the outside. They're looking at what's on the inside and they're saying, hey, this has got value because of what's on the inside. What's on the inside of you this morning? The Holy Spirit. We have value. We have worth because the King of kings, the Lord of lords dwells within us. The same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells in us. (coughs) Jesus Christ died For each and every one of us. Why? Because we are valuable to Him. And in Christ we are a new creation. And we've got to believe God's Word. And use God's Word to dismantle the thoughts that the enemy will try and use to keep us small and insignificant. There are people here this morning who have stopped dreaming. The season that you will struggle with most in life is the season you have no dream or you have a small dream. There are people here this morning who have had your God-given dreams shattered. You have suffered a relationship breakup or a business collapse or the death of a loved one, as we heard this morning. Bad things can happen to good people. And there are people here this morning who have done some dumb things and you've paid the price and that has crushed your dreams. 
There are people here this morning who have lived beneath what God has created you to live. And He wants you to lift up your eyes this morning. And He wants you to dream again. And he wants to see divine possibilities for your situation and your circumstances. Some of you had bad things happen to you and have, that have crushed your dreams. So this morning, I want to encourage you to dream again. Some of us parents and grandparents know that our kids aren't living out the possibilities and the dreams that God has for them. And sometimes we have to stand in the gap and break through on behalf of them because they can't break through for themselves. I think a couple of years ago when I was preaching here, I told you about my oldest son, Peter, who as a boy had a dream to lead people into the presence of God through his music. But then at the age of 20, he ended up in the most secure ward of a psychiatric hospital in Sydney having shock treatment. It doesn't get a lot darker than that. But at your darkest hour, when all seems lost, and your dreams seem to be shattered, there is still one more move that you can make, and that is towards God. And Pete, my son, couldn't break through for himself. He wasn't in his right mind. There was no way that he could break through. But Penny and I could break through for him. And that's what we did. We prayed. We interceded. We stormed God. We said, God, when you called us into the ministry, you promised that you would take care of our boys. And so, God, we're coming to you and we're calling on that promise that you made and we're asking for a miracle. And you know, God did. He healed him completely and set him free in an absolutely miraculous way. And those of you who can remember that testimony will know that this morning, this time, just after nine in Sydney, Pete will be on stage playing keyboard as he does most Sunday mornings at Hillsong Church. He's traveled the world, he's played on over 50 platinum albums was part of the team that just won a Grammy Award for their song, What a Beautiful Name. He's living out his dream because God enabled him to dream again. You see, nothing is impossible to God. He says, call on me and I'll answer you and show you great and mighty things that you don't even know about. God can work all things together for good, even those things that have not been initiated by Him. At the end of the day, He can turn it for good. Our Heavenly Father has dreams that He wants to dream through you. You weren't saved just to get to heaven. You were saved to bring heaven to earth so you can dream again. You know, this is a good church. But imagine, imagine what it would be like if as a church, you're even more vital and fervent in prayer. Imagine as a church, if you were even more devout and intimate in worship. 
Imagine as a church if you were even more informed in Scripture, even more faithful in discipleship, even more aggressive in evangelism, even more closer in fellowship, even more zealous about missions, even more passionate about the poor. Imagine what this church would be like. Well, this church can't become that unless each and every one of us become that for ourselves. We can't become what we need to be by remaining what we are. We need to dream again and partner with God to see the fulfillment of those dreams. Commit yourself to Jesus Christ. He said to his disciples in Matthew 19, verse 26, with God, all things are possible. So what's the impossible dream that you've got? You know, if you've got a dream and it doesn't take God's impossibilities to come true, then it's probably not a God-given dream. Every dream that God gives is impossible for each and every one of us to fulfill by ourselves because we're supposed to be partnering with Him. We're supposed to be seeing the miraculous. With God, there's no such thing as a hopeless case. There are no cases that are too hard for Him. There are no problems that are too big for Him. There is no situation that we face that comes as a surprise to Him because He's the God of the impossible. And He's saying to us this morning, people, dream again. Dream again. Dream again. When I was praying about this, God spoke to me about three groups of people that He wanted to minister to specifically this morning. He wanted to minister to people who need to dream again and find God's plan and purpose for their life again. He wanted to minister to people who wanted to stand in the gap on behalf of their family members who aren't living in the way that God created them to live. And he wanted to minister to people who needed to surrender their lives to Jesus Christ to get on that plan, that pathway that God has mapped out for each and every one of us. So in a few moments, I'm going to call you up if you're in one of those three groups and we're going to pray. And I know that the power of God is going to come and He's going to touch people and He's going to refresh people and He is going to cause seeds of fresh dreams and fresh vision to come into people's lives. But before we do that, I want you to watch this music video. It's talking about dreams that have been lost and dreams that have been destroyed. So guys, you want to throw that up? Stopped on the day she heard him say, I don't love you anymore. One stopped on the front porch, six years old, watching dad walk out the door. Open your eyes. Open your eyes. And dream again.
One stopped when the doctor said you'll never have a baby of your own. And one stopped after two attempts at rehab, couldn't help him get control. Open your eyes. Starts at the altar where I'll never love again becomes I do. One starts with a whisper, child, you've always had a father here with you. And one starts with a baby in the backseat that they thought they'd never be bringing home. One starts down on bending knee, crying, Jesus, I find a seat. I can't beat this on my own. Open your eyes. Open your eyes. And dream again. What do you think God's saying to us this morning? I think he's saying that he wants us to dream again. I think he's uh, saying to us that he wants to impart 
fresh vision, fresh dreams, fresh life into situations that have um, got tired. So I'm just going to ask as the musicians come, if you really feel that, uh, that God needs to impart something to you afresh this morning, if you've lost your dream, if your dream has gone stale, if your dream isn't growing, uh, then I want to pray for you this morning. I want to pray for all those people also who want to stand in the gap on behalf of uh, their kids whose dreams may have been crushed, who's, who may not be walking with God or who may be walking with God, but they don't seem to be going anywhere and they just need a fresh impartation of the Holy Spirit. They just need that fresh dream. They need that fresh life. And also, if you're here this morning, and you've never, ever surrendered your life to Jesus Christ. You know, God's dreams for our life start when we surrender our lives to Him. Your heart isn't going to be in His hands for Him to turn it unless you place your heart in His hands. And He's done everything for you while you were still messing around, while you were still hurting yourself and hurting others, while you were still hurting Him. Jesus Christ died for you so that you could have a future and a hope. You were created to know Him. You were created to spend eternity with Him. You were created to have a future and a hope that that future and that hope only starts when you say, God, I surrender my life to you. It only starts when you say, Jesus, thank you for dying on the cross for me so that I could have life, so that I could have peace, so that I could have a future and I could have a hope. Is there anyone here this morning?